Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Daily Thread. It's a new week, and it's Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Very exciting time of year. Beautiful here. Um, beautiful day here in New York. Yeah. And I'm on my way to Eretz Yisrael later today. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. So, uh, yes, uh, we love Hanukkah in Eretz Yisrael. Um, I was forced into it 33 years ago when my father passed away pretty suddenly on Hanukkah, on the sixth night of Hanukkah, and boom, there I was on a plane the next afternoon. I landed on a Friday morning and um, experienced Shabbos Hanukkah in Eretz Yisrael, and what a combination of bittersweet and mixed emotions uh, it was because the uh, the celebration and the merriment and the excitement in the streets of Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim and Hanukkah is uh, something really very difficult to match. And there we were, me and my brother, uh, new of Elam, you know, looking for, trying to figure out where we were going to say Kaddish for the first time on Friday night. And just a combination of such uh, mixed emotions that, uh, I mean, over the over the 33 years, I reflected very often on um, on the bittersweetness of the, uh, of the experience and... Uh, in a way, a gratitude and thankfulness uh, to my father. Uh, of course, it was all you know divinely inspired. I think, but uh, Hanukkah became redefined, and uh, and here we are, thirty three years later. Uh, going back, getting ready to uh, go and, and mark the earth site this coming Shabbos, Shabbos Hanukkah, with uh, three Sifrei Torah. And I like to say that one of the many things my father left me was the opportunity to. Uh, on his yard side on Shabbos Hanukkah and say everything on every page, everything above the line and below the line, in the parentheses, near the parentheses, in the margins, uh, you know, everything except the page number. Mm. But on Hanukkah, whether it's Yalav Yav, yes, Reynan, by Yisun, Chabad, they may Halo. mention the page number also. Uh, not in this particular Chabad. Not in the Samach Tzedek Shul. Is that where you go? City. That's where we usually daven, you know. So so we usually daven. So we have a Kiddush afterwards. That's where my Mitzvah was. That's where my Mitzvah was 14 years ago. So it's um, it's uh, it's a very special time, very special time for us and our family. Uh, and Baruch Hashem, like we said last night, we we lived and we reached and we see this uh, this very special time uh, in our lives. Hanukkah is magical, you know. Anyway, I want you to know that uh, I was in a store on Friday uh, here here in the Five Towns. I was ordering a couple of things for Shabbos. Uh, and the guy in front of me online turned around to me and said, uh, well, you're not ordering any chocolate pudding? Oh, you know? no way. Oh, my God. I said, this never ends. <laughs> this is crazy. I don't know. What's this going- never ends. Do uh, you know the guy? Uh, no, I don't know the guy. I mean, I recognize him from the neighborhood, but uh, uh, he was looking at me and he was thinking, I don't know, there's a lot of things you could think of, I guess, when you look at me, but now it's chocolate pudding. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought to myself, maybe I had chocolate pudding on my face or something, but I uh, didn't have any chocolate pudding on my face. <laughs> anyway. We're in the, we're in the midst of Hanukkah, and uh, I want to ask you. You uh, you had mentioned that um, you had to go because your father went to be buried near Yisrael, and right. this is, a lot of people are, are are mixed on that. You know, some people say, "Hey, I I I want my parents," or I might, I might, or someone say themselves, like, "I don't want to be buried near Yisrael because I want my kids to come visit often, and I don't want to make them come there to Yisrael. It's it's far away." Where do you sort of stand on that matter? <laughs> Where do I stand on that matter? Um, listen, I respect everybody's uh, differences on that matter. Uh, I think that we have a, a very, as as Jews, we have a very natural uh, magnetic pull to Eretz Yisrael. And some of our friends have made it during their lifetime to um, 
to make their home in Israel. But I think, especially in this day and age, in these modern times, the craziness notwithstanding, the anti-Semitism notwithstanding, you know, all that stuff, uh, besides all that other stuff, uh, the fact of the matter is um, Eretz Yisrael is the just destiny of the Jewish people in, 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 in one way, shape, or form. Uh, it's up to you to, to define uh, how that is, okay? Uh, we discussed on this program the idea of making Aliyah and the distance between that and making Aliyah. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, long, it's a long way and it involves a lot of, a lot of details. It's no, no, simple, no simple matter. And uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to consider, but um, I, I said, my father. My father bought these uh, these marriages for all ten years before he passed away, you know. And um, when I asked him about it, he said to me, "I don't mind living on America. I don't want to lay in America." Mm. So, <laughs> so I'll always remember that. I'll always yeah. remember those those fateful words. And and I respect that, and I've I pontificated on it, and I've analyzed it, and I've written about it many times over the years. And um, I think that uh, I think we have an achrayas to um, create an attraction for our children and grandchildren, Ferris Yisrael. And uh, it's very easy. It's very easy. Nowadays, to it, should, it should be, it should be, you know, it should be kefel. It should be. I, I don't want to live in America, and I don't want to live in America. I want to well, live in Israel, and I want to live in Israel. Listen, life being what it is, it's busy what it is, with the pressures of jobs and families, and and education and so on and so forth. It's very easy to just whoosh, watch the years go by, and you're not uh, having Israel on your agenda. Ten years can go by. I've met so it's many. It's a concern, people. though. I've met so many people said to me, oh, I haven't been in Israel in 15 years, you know? Including some of your kids. It's inexcusable today. How about you? It's not, it doesn't include you. you oh, I was there three years ago. Yeah, listen. I hope to go uh, back. I, I, think, uh, I think if you have the wherewithal and you have the ability and you have the um, desire, which I think is most important, you can, uh, under conventional circumstances, the average person can make it. Uh, make it to to Eretz for at least once a year, okay? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you think a lot, but that's a lot of things. That's a lot of things that need to check the box. You know, finances and, and <sighs> babysitting and and like you know, it could t- take a family of five to Eretz it, it, It's I would say it's very unaffordable for a very very large. Well, sector listen, people. you know what? Uh, Eretz Yisrael is coming with mysterious nefesh. You have to sacrifice uh, for Eretz Yisrael. I don't know if that means being a tourist. I don't know if that means going to the Orient or the Citadel or the Waldorf or the or Mamila. Some, or some hostel or, in Ben or, or David's Village. Or whatever. I don't know if that enters into the realm of Messiris Nefesh, you know? You can go to rent an apartment in, in uh, you know, off the beaten track there, not too far from Gaula or Meishiaram, you know? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to be realistic and I'm trying to connect it to the modern times that we live in and uh, the obstacles that uh, exist between us and Eretz Yisrael um, are self-made uh, very often and I know people that are listening to this in Eretz Yisrael saying what is that guy talking about he lives in the five towns for the last 30 years he's made his home he's made his life he's made his profession in New York uh, and, and he's lecturing us about going to Eretz Yisrael Listen, I, I recognize my uh, my shortcomings and my uh, inability to uh, take that uh, the, that giant step. And um, one day, I hope I'm hopeful. I'm uh, I'm vigorous and uh, at least uh, useful enough <laughs> to um, 
to to increase uh, the attachment. You know, I'm not saying that can make the the giant step for a number of factors that some of which you enumerated, but um, but I, I I'm I'm very uh, pleased with the way things turned out, and uh, my father made a wise decision because I think he knew that his kids. The four of us, hmm. he, his kids. If he would have let us, left us to our own devices, we'd be one of those groups of people that would say, "Oh, haven't been in Israel in twenty-five years." <laughs> now you have to. What? So over those thirty-three years, how many times have you been there? I, the I, you know, I, I only missed a few times. There, there so you've were, been there. Let's say you've been there more than twenty times to the art site. Definitely, definitely more than twenty times. First of all, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, we made a business to go twice a year except for a brief interruption because of COVID. Yeah. Even, even, COVID, then, even, even then, COVID, we managed to go, we managed to find a week when the, <laughs> uh, when the, when the uptick was a downtick and Lenny let us in. Uh, so we managed to go, we managed to go there. We got, we got vaccines and we got boosters and we got tickets and, and we got everything. I, I was even ready to go once and before COVID and there was a, a strike at Ben Gurion Airport. Yeah. You know, the planes were leaving. I was packed and ready to go. I remember. I remember when I was in high school. No, I was in eighth grade. I was in still junior high, and you, you and Emo were. I was I, packed and ready to go. It's a strike. You guys were, were, were. I was very excited because you're going to Israel, and I yeah, get the house. Alone, we, me and my yeah. brother, me and my brothers, we get the house to ourselves, and. And, and then I got picked up from school, and we we went. We, I think Dovi took me to a restaurant. We all went out to eat, and yeah. I was like, "What's going on here? Yeah. You're supposed to be going to Israel." And he said, oh, "We're not going to strike." And it was so. It was, you see, uh, so you don't you don't tough. need you don't need the pandemic to to, to hold you back. Um, you know, and then there were a couple of cases here and there. There was a, a birth, a bar mitzvah, uh, uh, an upsharon, uh, you know, baruch hashem simchas. So uh, you know, I would say I was pretty strict about. Being there on the day of the yard site, at least me or one of my siblings, if not me, uh, made uh, made a point of at least the first ten years to to have been there, and then after that, you know, I figured, you know, I s- communicate with my father, you know, ment- uh, emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. say, yeah, what if I come a week later, you know, <laughs> it was to make a really big difference if I come a week later. You're there, don't worry about it. You're not going anywhere. I know you're there. So uh, I'll come a week later, or whatever the situation was. It was a dinner once we had to go to. <clears throat> and then, you know, then this, you know, my father was nifted on Lamed, uh, Lamed Kislev, which is this coming Shabbos, the first day of Rish Chodesh. Uh, but there's no Lamed Kislev every year. Some days there's only right. 29 days in Kislev. And wouldn't you know there's a Machlaikis? If you have your side Lamed Kislev and there's no Lamed Kislev, when do you say Kaddish? Do you say it on Chavtes or do you say it on Aleph? So, you know, if you ask five people, you get five different opinions. Right. Anyway, so there was a few years ago, I don't know how many years ago, seven, eight years ago, I I, I was in Eretz Yisrael on Chavtes. I, I, I said Kaddish on Chavtes in Israel. And I flew back that night, and the next day was Aleph Tavis. And I said Kaddish here on Aleph Tavis. So I, I, I held a two-day uh, two yard site. Nice. That's, that's, so that's, that's the... Uh, so you're, the excited, you're excited for your trip today. You're that's, the go long, uh, that's the long short story. I appreciate you bringing it up because I haven't even been thinking about these things for such a long time. Nostalgia. Um, but yeah, listen, menorah is being lit all over the world. The biggest menorah in Central Park? Was that, is that in, in, I don't know. Maybe it's the highest menorah. I don't know what the story is there. But I know that Eretz Yisrael, like th- this evening, you're driving back from the airport from Tel Aviv, from Lud to Yerushalayim. They have these these torches that are built like menorahs on the highways. And you, you feel Hanukkah. You see it, you feel it. It's, it's, I think the comparison is the same way that you walk in Manhattan and you feel... And you'll feel Xmas. 
is the same way you walk yeah. in there to Cyril and feel Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. In the early years, uh, I think I mentioned it before, you, you couldn't even tell that it was a secular holiday, especially like a week from yesterday when it's going to be, you know, Christmas in, uh, in the Holy Land, you know. I guess unless you go to Bethlehem, you know, mm. when they have church services. Or Tel Aviv, maybe. You're not, you're not going to know about it. Probably not in Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is neither. You know, uh, no, that's not true. Hanukkah is a is a is a national holiday uh, of, uh, of of the Jewish people, and uh, you know it's important. We're going to try to go to Masada this week. Uh, oh really? You know, you're going to go hiking. Is, I'm not going to go hiking. Take the elevator. I'm take the cable car. <laughs> uh, you go in that thing. I feel uh, like you're not going to go in a cable car. I did. I've, I'd be, I've already gone. I'd be petrified of a cable car. Yeah, yeah. First of all, it's a huge cable car. It's almost like an entire floor in a building. That's how big oh, it yeah? is. You know, you gonna get up there for sunrise? What? You gonna get up there for the sunrise? No, no, I'm not gonna go for sunrise. But uh, the view from uh, from the, the the top of the mountain is a city up there. There's a lot going on. There's restaurants. There's a museum. There's even a guy in a glass uh, enclosure a sofa writing a Sefer Torah. Mm. Uh, I hope he finished the Sefer Torah. Last time I was there five years ago, he was still writing the Sefer Torah. Maybe started a new one. Maybe it's a tourist attraction. <laughs> Maybe it's the same one. I don't know. But, you know, it's very, very hot up there. It was the summertime. It was very, very hot up there. In the summer, it's hot up there. And this guy was in an in, enclosed glass air-conditioned little nice. cubicle. He was writing. He was very cool, writing Sefer Torah. We were schwitzing like crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it is Hanukkah, but I do want to, you know, mention some newsworthy things. Yes, sir. Um, over the weekend, we lost a, a queen of a woman, um, Mrs. Rachel Zlot- Mrs. Rachel Zlotowitz. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, the wife. late wife of Mary Zlotowitz. And um, she bought, she, she she fought an illness and uh, she passed away this Shabbos at 80 years old. Her Levaya was yesterday morning. Um, her kids spoke. And um, she was uh, described to be a very regal woman, a queen. Mm-hmm. She supported her husband and all of his work. And I know that uh, I heard that just a couple of weeks ago when they did the same of Yerushalmi, the Gemaras, which was Mayor Zlatovich's dream to complete, and he did not live. He passed away five years ago. He didn't live to see that through. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Zlatovich, all the Shalom, she was not in any position to travel, but Ellie Rofe Matzala Air picked her up from her home, got her on a jet, and flew her down to Florida mm-hmm. to see the completion and see the seam of, of Yerushalmi and, and then flew her back um, that same night. And uh, she passed away not too long after. Um, but uh, to to her and the family. Well, and you know, tomorrow on the way from the uh, from the airport, we're going to stop in Beit Shemesh uh, at the kvarim of my uh, mother and my father, and also my father-in-law, Herschel Ludell, is right nearby, and my brother-in-law, Shimon Fischel, is also right nearby. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of people in Eretz Chaim. In Eretz Chaim, and I also, Rabbi Meir Zlatowicz is, uh, is buried oh, yeah? there. So and so is Rabbi Zachariah Wallstein, also buried there. So you'll pay so a visit. I'm going to uh, haven't been there since uh, I've been there since Rabbi Wallstein passed away, and I didn't know last time I was there in the summer that Rabbi Zlatowicz was. But if I walk, you walk around. Uh, you see a lot of names, a lot of people. You walk around. You. I was, I was, uh, I wrote an article this week. Actually, it was coming out later this week about how the early years. Don't forget them doing this 33 years and uh, the early years I used to walk around and I uh, didn't recognize any of the names uh, but now 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 I recognize a lot of the names believe mm. it or not scary <laughs> um, I do also want to mention this is um, very an, an important PSA uh, you remember a number of years ago Rabbi David Wernier has passed away in a car accident he was known as the Facebook rabbi uh, from Staten Island Facebook rabbi yeah he was very active and, and unfortunately he passed away in an accident 
Uh, and this weekend, his his wife passed away from an illness. Young woman, fifty six years old. Uh, she leaves behind ten children, uh, four of which are still are are single, are young, single young, and there's gonna be a lot of weddings to make. There's a lot of bills to pay. So there is a special uh, chesed fund that is created for the family. Um, we have a special link in the description in the show notes of this episode. I really, really encourage you, especially in Hanukkah, to open your hearts, to open your wallets, and to give this family as much as they can. It's a very trying time. It's a hard time. These 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 uh, these kids lost both their parents in the last uh, five years, and um, it's tough to grapple with them mentally, emotionally. And, and the one thing we want to make sure is they don't have to grapple with it uh, financially. Well, so, listen, they're part of the family of of Klai Yisrael, and uh, one thing we know how to do is support people. In their time of need, yeah. and uh, it's natural for us to to rise to the occasion. We don't have to uh, contort ourselves or torture ourselves in order to help the next person out. It comes, it comes quite naturally. So, so go ahead and hit that link in the show notes in the description, and please, please help them out as much as you can. Um, okay, so a lot, a lot is happening. Of course, you know, as you know, yesterday. Argentina won the World Cup in a, yeah. in a in a fantastic game, which is really hard to follow. You know what was going on, but uh, in the crowd, in in the booth, you were able to see Elon Musk sitting there with Jared Kushner with their Saudi friends in Qatar oh, yeah, was or that Qatar. A real picture? Um, Elon was Musk there was there, Elon Musk? and uh, the, the news that's that's really making waves is Elon Musk posted a poll on Twitter last night, and he had said, "Should I step down as the head of Twitter?" Now, it doesn't mean he's going to sell it. I mean, should he appoint a different CEO that's in charge of the policies? And um, as as p- if people are following along with the news, Elon Musk is putting everything to a vote on Twitter. So he put this out for a vote last night. Um, and how many right, people right, voted? How many people voted? Over seventeen million people voted. Okay, um, that's almost the amount of fake votes that came in in twenty twenty. But over over seventeen million people voted. And I'll you tell can you, only vote once. You can only vote once. You time. only vote, oh, vote once. Actually, seventeen and a half million people voted, and. So 57% of them said, yes, you should step down. And he said that he's going to abide by the results of this poll. So we are expecting um, a, C- CEO. a CEO to be granted of Twitter from Elon Musk. And the question is, who is that going to be? I personally think that whoever he appoints to be the CEO, he's still going to be the one to control. Absolutely. He's just going to put someone else, you yeah, know, it's going to be like a guy by Tzedakah. That person's going to be the one who's... I mean, why does he want to be the CEO? Why does he want to be there every day running the company? I don't know? think he's there every day he running is, the company. He is, the, com- he is he, the company. I think no matter who is the CEO, he's going to be the face of the company regardless. So I think it's just a figurehead. Who's going to be the CEO? I, I don't know. Like, who's he going to appoint? I was looking at the picture this morning of Elon Musk and Cutter. And Qatar? it's uh, Jared Kushner. I couldn't. I could. I thought maybe it's photoshopped. No, they're there. <laughs> they're actually there. They're actually there. Can you imagine? You know, anyway, I want you to know. I, 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 I'm not a big World Cup fan, but it was a finals. You know, France and Argentina. President Macron was there. <clears throat> I don't know who the president of Argentina is. I, I don't think they have a president. I think they're no, that's Brazil. <clears throat> they're in the middle of an election. Or they were in the middle of an election. But President uh, Macron was there. Macron, yes, from France, was there. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so. I I I wasn't can't watch that. How long is it run? A hundred minutes? What's what's so it runs? I think ninety, but then there's extra time. Extra time is stoppage that. time. I don't understand it. I know it's very, very it's like to be honest. I don't know when the game is ending. Like like it was very confusing. Also, there's no sudden. It's not sudden death overtime. It's it's if you score a goal, there's still time. So. Argentina yeah, scored and, and France scored. I don't think anybody understands what's going on. Yeah. But, you know, you want, in a basketball game, a football game starts with 15 minutes or 12 minutes, and it ticks down. Yeah, and you know how much time this ticks up. Here it ticks up. Yeah. They play three minutes. Okay, you know they play three minutes. And all of a sudden, you go out, you do something, you come back, and they're at 83 minutes. But you know the number one most popular sport in the world is soccer. 
Well, it's because there are 7 billion people in the world and 200 countries about, and most of them play uh, soccer. People were, the streets of Argentina, people were crying. You don't need, first of it's all, it's like a religion you, why do you there? think the whole world's playing soccer? You know, it's know. very inexpensive to play soccer. It's true. Well, you need a big round ball. That's all you need. It's true. No, no equipment. <laughs> you don't need someone, one of your uh, one of your uh, nieces or nephews wanted to buy some hockey equipment the other day because yeah. they, they think they're a goalie. Uh, it costs $2,000 to buy the hockey pads. Hockey's a rich man's sport. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but 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 you want if you if you want to if you want to speculate why the whole world is so soccer crazy, all you need is a big round ball, not even that big, and you kick it around for a hundred minutes, and you and you got a sport. Yeah, I, I wear. You don't have to wear a whole I, pair of pants even. You wear a pair of shorts. I hate to bring up this story because I know you're about to step onto a flight, um, <laughs> but an Hawaiian Air uh, flight that departed from. Uh, that departed from Arizona, Phoenix, going to Hawaii, oh, Honolulu, yeah. experienced such severe turbulence. Yeah, well, that, you know, by that the there's way, eleven people hospitalized in serious condition. I read about it. Okay, yeah, let me they hear. flew into a thunderstorm. Well, why they do that? Okay, uh, well, that's a good question to ask the pilot. Why they flow into a fly into a thunderstorm? I guess they didn't think it was such a bad thunderstorm. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like that's crazy to hear. Turbulence. Yeah. Eleven people, serious condition. It's very unusual. It's very unusual. They got banged up. I saw a video of it. And um, listen, um, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's an aberration. And like I said, uh, they flew into, uh, flew into a storm. I, mean, I was once on a flight to Florida, and the pilot announced that there's a big storm coming down. Because it's such a big storm, he's asking the flight attendants to strap themselves in. Yeah, that's always fun okay? to hear. And, and, and in the middle of the flight, they strapped themselves in. And guess what? Nothing happened. He flew around the storm. It was the smoothest flight I've ever been on. Really? You know, so I don't know. They, especially these days, they have radar and they can tell what's going on. So I don't know the full story about what happened with... Uh, that flight uh, I also, to Hawaii. I also want to bring up, and I don't know, I don't know um, what you think about this. If this was pr- on purpose or not, it's definitely not out of character of them. But the New York Times crossword puzzle, and the, the other day, it, it was shaped as a hidden like a swastika. And I'll post yeah, a picture over that. here so people can see. If you're not watching, you can check it on YouTube if you want. You can Google it. Yeah. But it looked like a swastika. Do you think that's something that was purposeful? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know if they're that devious. Uh, the New York Times, they're capable of it. I know that they uh, editorialized, uh, I think, uh, on Shabbos or on Sunday's paper against the new government of Prime Minister of Israel. Yeah, of course. You know, saying something to the effect that uh, Israel's in danger. Yeah. The Netanyahu government, you know, and just shows the lack of respect for democracy. This is the only democratic country in the in the Middle East. Yeah, you know, mm. they seem to be okay with uh, with Iran and uh, and um, you know Saudi Arabia and Lebanon, all the countries that haven't had an election in decades. Uh, but the one the one country that's one having country an election that, that has actual elections, and they have repeated elections until they get it right. Yeah. That's the one that they're questioning the the veracity. And about the President Abbas, who's on his fifteenth term, fifteenth <laughs> term of uh, his fifteenth year of his fourth year term, yeah. of his four year term. But listen, what I want to talk about, was, I, want to, I want to talk about Hanukkah parties, okay? Because I think sure. the word Hanukkah, if you did a word association game, what, what would you come up with? So Hanukkah, Hanukkah, menorah. What would yeah. you say, Hanukkah? I think the most natural two words that fit together is Hanukkah and party. No, okay. Hanukkah, Hanukkah menorah, party, yeah. Hanukkah dreidel, Hanukkah latkes. 
Hanukkah donuts, which is a whole other subject. The Hanukkah party, okay. Hanukkah party. Follow that so, train of thought. So there's a lot of Hanukkah parties uh, yesterday and today. So one of them was held by um, uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris. Oh, and Doug. And her husband, uh, Doug Emhoff. They hosted approximately 300 guests, it says here in the news, at the Naval Observatory on Sunday evening for what what's believed to be the first official Hanukkah gathering at the VP residence. Mm. The vice president introduced her husband, who spoke about his own Hanukkah traditions and helped light uh, the menorah. You think he's actually her husband, or is it just like a token Jew in, in the in No, the they're, they're married, okay? She's not Jewish. It's an no, intermarriage. Is he actually Jewish? His, he's his actually mother, Jewish. His Jewish? Uh, I, I don't know, but I think so. I guess he didn't listen to his grandmother who said, marry a good Jewish girl. Okay, listen, we're talking from a uh, Orthodox from Halakhic perspective. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about the, the American Jewish scene. The American Jewish scene... Very high rate of intermarriage, unfortunately. unfortunately. We're not endorsing it, we're just reporting on it, okay? Certainly not endorsing it. Um, Emhoff discussed the recent rise in anti-Semitism and the White House efforts to combat it, including a meeting he hosted earlier this month with Jewish community leaders. Anyone who is not speaking up and speaking out and not taking action needs to be called out, said Emhoff. So he, he's doing his part. He's doing his part. So that, that was one. Uh, uh, tonight's the White House Hanukkah party. Oh, with, uh, with Joe Biden. I was Very at nice. a Hanukkah party in the White House a few years ago. Who was the president? When Trump was president. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, it's an exciting place to be. You know, uh, security is very tight. It was cold outside. Uh, What's his name? Took me into the press room. Jake Turks. Oh. Uh, took me into the uh, place where they have the uh, news conferences uh, every day. And it's unbelievably small. You know, it looks right. much bigger. People say that about the studio here. That they think it's bigger and they walk in there oh, like, yeah. it's quite small in here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so tonight's White House party is hosted by Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden. And the first family will debut the first menorah to be added to the White House permanent archives collection rather than using a menorah loaned to them from a Jewish community institution or museum. So the menorah, the menorah was created by the White House carpentry shop <laughs> so they have like a vocational school <laughs> they have vocation shop in the in the white house and, and they built a didn't menorah. know that i didn't know that either till now and, and and they built a menorah so uh you know elsewhere in washington congressional leaders are expected to release their uh their and that's not nothing to do with hanukkah okay there's lots there's a lot of other stuff uh going on there's a lot of hanukkah parties not only not only in washington not only hosted by the by the vice president and the first gentleman, but also by Jill and uh, and Joe Biden, and every in well. many houses around the around yes. the Jewish communities. Yes, here here in the five towns, I don't know. Uh, uh, we have uh, for the first time that I can remember, besides the regular stores that sell donuts, the bakeries and the supermarkets, yeah. we have two special donut pop up shops. Oh, oh wow! Did you know that? I did not. I don't know if you could see them from here. One is down there. What is it? I don't know the name. One is Sesame. You know that place? It's in, I think it's in Borough Park. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think it's in Borough Very Park. Famous. Do they do like the meat donuts yeah. also? I don't know. Those things just like, I don't know how, like, who eats a meat donut? You know, like those donuts with like meat inside? Like, what is going on? I never there? saw that. I never saw that. But people say that, uh, I heard people say that they live in fear of Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme finding out that they can get $10 for a donut. Yeah, and that would that would that would that would challenge that would change the entire the entire picture of what 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 it is to buy <laughs> a cup of coffee with a donut. You can get a cup of coffee with a donut in Dunkin' Donuts. I would say like two fifty in the kosher Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I don't know, maybe two dollars and fifty cents. Amazing. And now I, I was at a thing last night uh, by Dovey and Mari where 
some of the donuts he said were eight and a half dollars. You know? Yeah, that's a little troubling. Listen, uh, someone's cashing in on the holiday. It's not such an outrageous thing. Um, I think it's pretty outrageous to charge that much for donuts. You don't want them to give the donuts away for for free? No, just charge regular market price. Probably. I mean, I, I saw some great. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to Israel. Israel is surrounded by donuts tonight. Yeah. Uh, there'll be little jelly donuts every morning. We're staying at the World of Astoria, Mitzvah Hashem, and there'll be little jelly donuts at breakfast every single morning. And leave it on your bed for turndown service. No, that that's <laughs> you still got the little little. Bit of sweet chocolate they they give you, uh, they don't when they don't forget. But uh, there'll be jelly donuts. There'll be jelly donuts on the plane tonight. Oh, you think so? I think so. So yeah. you, maybe you'll send us some video from the plane. Uh, if I'm able to do that, please. You could take I some video. I can. Yeah. Well, well you could take video. You could send it to me when you land. Yeah. Well, I should be able to send it to you. Um, yeah, you have Wi-Fi. But you might not be able to send media. Anyways, uh, first of all, I want to say that I think the 24-6 app is on LL, so you can listen okay. to you can listen to this podcast, Daily Thread. Really? It's on yeah, there too? Yeah, I, I believe it's on it's on 24-6 as well, and Meaningful People Podcast, of course. And so I, hopefully your, your flight will be more enjoyable because of that. But um, send us some footage. You know, um, obviously you're going to be in Israel the whole week, and you'll be sending us footage for the Daily Thread, WhatsApp status, right. and social media. So we're gonna we'll play one day at a time. I I, I think that um, this is a seven hour time difference, and we usually record here. Today we recorded at 10 a.m. Okay, yeah. so we're talking about 5 p.m. in Israel. Well, we'll be around, it out. just around my of time. Yeah, just about candle lighting time. So I don't know where I'm going to be lighting tomorrow. We could alter it. We could we could switch you the know, schedule around. I, I'm going to try to. Uh, um, I'm going to try maybe Davin uh, Menchemayrev by. Well, actually, tomorrow I'll have Menchem by Kev Rachel. That's my plan. So you'll, send us, you'll send us some videos from there. Okay, and then in the evening I'll Davin I'll Davin by the by the by the hotel, and then light um, probably in the lobby of the Waldorf. Which Very nice. Where, where they where they light. Okay, so that's our episode for today. <laughs> uh, of course, follow us on what on our WhatsApp account because uh, we have great news all throughout the day. Some news that aren't so great, but mostly great news all throughout the day that's posted there. And of course, my followers will be in Israel this week. And we're going to have updates constantly from his trip over there, video content, images, stories. Um, the Daily Thread will be here for you, even though my father's going to be 6,000 miles away. We're going to have content for you every single day. So make sure to subscribe uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. And uh, any you, might, you might have more content than usual. <coughs> so I'll pop some things to you during the day. The I think so. I think so. I think that's what will happen. <coughs> so, anyways, uh, wishing you all a Freilich and Hanukkah. Of course, <coughs> just a reminder. Happy Hanukkah. Um, do something nice. You know, do something kind. Open your heart and help out the Winiers family. The link is in the description in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we hope you all have a beautiful Hanukkah. See you tomorrow.